Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week on Up to 90, we talk Courtney Love. Yeah. Isn't that it? Isn't that it? That's How are one. you, Emma Bear? I'm good. How are you, Julie? Not too bad. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, how was your weekend? It was good. It was very uh, geek heavy. Fantastic. So you're successful, which is what we like to hear. Yeah. You, well, we both obviously did it all together now. We did do but that you, the last weekend. Yeah. But you experienced a very oh. different. Well, you did the whole festival. Yes, but I, don't I think did. I told us when I arrived down on the Saturday, I got my time wrong. Oh, right. So I was in the gaff. No, I knew by the time I got there, but I was in the gaff and. Uh, I was like, that's grand now. I'm just going to have some eggs, fix me face, fix me hair, and then head off. And then I checked him out and I was like, fuck, I have to leave now. Oh, yeah. Well, like you see, shite. you forget when you're in Waterford, it's a bit of a trot. Well, it was actually under two hours. I didn't think it would be that quick, but I headed off, right? And couldn't really figure out where I was meant to go or whatever. And then I'm kind of getting to the end of the road in terms of parking and looking for like the performers area. And um, one of the people working there stops me and she's got the high vis on. And I was like, I'm just looking where to park. I was like, I'm meant to be on stage quite soon. And she said to me, she's like, you can park there beside that JCB. Hopefully you won't get the hundred euro fine. I mean, I'm an optimist, but like. What? Like Even I wouldn't take that chance. And I think that says it all. So I think I was well within my rights to stab her. Like, what kind of fucking stupid thing is that? Yeah. To say. And to be fair, like, you did alert the welfare immediately after you did, did it. So you well, knew, yeah, you yeah, knew yeah. straight away. I you know were in my the responsibilities yeah. as a, a citizen. You're a responsible citizen. I know. Mm. Well, I have to say the all together now. Like, sure, you heard I was like seven and a half hours getting down there. A lot of time alone with my own thoughts. It was worse than like a Wimbledon final. And then it was funny because I turned around and I went to Port Law, shout out to Port Law, and I left Carrick behind and a guard, I met one guard mm. in my uh, seven hour journey and he came up to me and asked me, was the traffic bad in Carrick? <laughs> I was like, have you been on the Twitter enough? Oh yeah, guard said to me, uh, 
guard. She said, but in quite a happy, well, not in a, like a happy way, but quite a relaxed kind of way. On my way out, I stopped to use a portaloo, right? And I got back into the car and people were driving down this road and they were just directing them back because I think one of the car parks is full. And she looked at me and said, fucking chaos. Oh, <laughs> now I have to say... <laughs> I was on it last year and yeah. it was much better last year. There was 10,000 people there last year. Yeah, this okay. year they had 22,000. Right. Admittedly, the weather was shit, but you know when the rain is just constant mm. and you you actually are walking around and your nipples are wet because the rain has gone through your poncho, oh. your fun poncho that you bought in Tiger. <laughs> uh, it's gone through your leather jacket. Jesus. It's gone through your jumper. Down, had I what under the poncho keeping it rock and roll I had my t-shirt and it's gone through the bra and it's actually hit your nipple Jesus! I felt a tickle on the nipple and I was like is that a range I was just saturated peeling the jeans off fuck I mean the, the runners are just going in the bin but it was great and <laughs> but it was I, great <laughs> I was, was telling you that though. I do love the campsite chats you know, oh, you wake yeah. up at various points in the evening and... You were saying about this, yeah. The girl having hallucinations in the tent next door saying, Stop it, stop it, stop it, Dick. And then Dick's like, What's wrong with you, for fuck's sake? I'm just holding, we're just lying here. I have to get up and drive. So this was going on and on. And then the other tent, there was this girl and she was having an argument with her fella and she was mm. like, So you're going to take her side, like four years we're together and you're going to take her side this girl that we've just met you're going to take her side are you so and you know you're lying there and you're like just tell her you're not taking her side just fucking tell her yeah and then there was a bit i could there was a bit of mumbling and then i heard the other girl saying sorry now i didn't use the word manipulative you're using that word you're putting a label on it you're using the word i never said you were manipulative i just said i don't appreciate when you say that to my boyfriend in that way and basically gave like the wiki dictionary definition for manipulative but stood her ground because she was like i didn't use the word manipulative and then later on in the evening you've got some people getting sick beside the tent you know that kind of thing just and it's so freaky because it is just above your head yeah and it does feel like you're in one of those sick sick porn hub videos and somebody's just getting sick on you and you're like you're lying there in your wet bra saying i deserve it and then we were talking about the boom box like the tunes Mm. never stop and you can't be that person who's like can you turn the music down because it's a music festival I think, uh, I think you've so propelled yourself into middle age. All together now, 2020, I'm really, I'm, I'm there. I'm still going to go and have the crack. It was still great crack. Oh yeah, no, it was, yeah. It was still great fun and the gigs were great. Yeah, no, they were good. Um, But I think next time I'm just going to do the sleep in the car mm. thing. Um, Or I'm quite fond of, you know, what's that thing called? Um. It's not a tent, um, a house. I'm quite, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. quite fond of sleeping in buildings. Yeah, but I'm. That's just me being really bourgeois. Bourgeois. Jo, um, no, it was good fun. Joe and my mom had a bit of a falling out this oh. week. What happened? They were playing snakes and ladders, and already I'm just thinking. Yeah, tense. And Joe decides to kind of crank it up a notch and say, "Let's go up the snakes." 
and down the ladders. Grand. Joe rolls the dice. And if he gets two, he's going down a ladder. If he gets three, he's safe. See, he's making this very complicated for himself, isn't yeah. he, really? I know, but he likes the challenge. So he gets three. He rolls three. And he moves. And then my mom. I don't know what happened to her, right? But she was like, oh, Joe, you uh, only got two there. She thought he'd only got two. Like, you know, she thought he was trying okay, to... Okay, you would probably give the child the benefit of the doubt. Oh, no, she likes to play by the rules. And it's not just fun, it's also about learning. So then she realised, no, he had rolled a three and he was in the right. And she said to him, she said, oh, Joe, I'm so sorry. I was right. Or I was wrong, you were right. My apologies. And Joe said to her, apology not accepted. And he was right. And he walked off and he stood beside the wall and was saying to her, "Uh, I'm not listening to you, I don't see you. So that's basically the end of my relationship with my mother. Unfortunately, but... Well, you know, you're either in the blue corner or the red corner. And the red corner, as we've established, is wrong. (laughs) So you're going to go for the blue corner. Yeah, so I'm kind of dealing with the fallout of all this. But I suppose what he's discovering is, you know, having sat through all those Love Island episodes with you, is what he's discovering is, is that you don't have to accept an apology and you've got to go with your gut sometimes yeah even if it means cutting people out of your life that have been nothing but good to you (laughs) sometimes you've got to be a curtis and just i know so that's that's what's going on in my world although i am going to apologize for comparing joe to curtis because i mean nobody deserves that yeah it's not sound so that's it. That's the end of the vegetarian lasagna there on the kitchen table. The vegetarian lasagna looks amazing. Talk me through it. Just a whole lot of fucking veg. <laughs> Don't downplay. I'm taking it. I'm she taking a video. I'm taking a pic for the Instagram. <laughs> oh, there fuck. is la- there are layers to this. Well, that's the fucking lasagna, isn't it? That's the point of lasagna. That's what I mean. There are literal layers is what um, I'm saying. Courgette aubergine. Red onion, yellowy orange pepper. Do you do white sauce? Yeah, yeah. Would you make it yourself? No, I used to, don't anymore. And I tell you why, because you just have to watch it too much. Yeah, yeah. I did I try to don't. make it. Yeah, I, I went all out there with the veggie lasagna. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we're talking two years ago, Emma, so oh. don't ask me <laughs> to go through measurements. It was, like, <laughs> it was a half a pint of cream. Um, but yeah, I just remember that the white sauce was a fucking mare. It's yeah. a pain in the hole. Yeah, well, you kind of, yeah, it's just a bit of effort. So, no. Um, yeah, because my dad's on a renal diet now at the moment and just, you can do fuck all on a renal diet. He can't have tomatoes. I was going to make him a nice curry, okay. but he can't have tomatoes. No salt, obviously. Why? Okay. Dairy is a no-no. Not supposed to have too many animal proteins. Load of veg is a no-no as well, but he was 
delighted. I don't know, did I mention this last week, actually, so I could be repeating myself. But uh, if I am, I will edit it out. But he was delighted because um, his renal specialist gave him a list of things that he could drink. So it was no, no to beer and stout. Mm. But it was a yes, yes to spirits. Oh. How is that even possible? What? I know. It just makes me know. Also on the like to eat list. Yes. He had cream cakes was one. What is it? Has he gotten down to change his will? Something. Like something. It's definitely a doctor death scenario, isn't it? Well, your dad's given him a few quid. Yeah, no, it's something going on. I can remember when he first went to him, he said he you know, gave the obviously fake response you give to how much do you, how many units mm. do you drink in a week? Like maybe a couple of units with my dinner, uh, like yeah. that kind of thing of mm. a Sunday. Um, and then when he came out with the real figure, he, your man was like, okay, so that's like obviously the week. And he was like, no, that's like a daily, that would be like a daily amount of like alcohol intake. And your man just like put down the pen. He's like, I don't know how you're still alive. And hilariously, my mother was telling me this story and she was like, and your father turned around and he said, well, you know, I'm just retiring, enjoying my retirement. And the doctor, he turned around and he said to your father, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, but you retired 14 years ago. And the funniest part was then I went into the sitting room and dad was like, oh, you'll never guess what we were sitting there. And, you know, I said, anyway, alcohol intake, etc. went through it all. And your mother jumped in and said, well, he's just been rich, enjoying his retirement. And the doctor said, well, with all due respect, Mrs. Johnson, he retired 14 years ago. So it's that England kind of Scotland relationship whereby uh, it's OK for us to, you know, if you're Scottish, yes. it's OK for us to slag the English. But nobody else gets to do it. Like, that's my job. Oh. So mom was like, no, no, no. Interesting, isn't it? Parental dynamics. How are your parents getting on? <laughs> My How's Jimmy? Jimmy called down this evening. Okay. He likes to call, like he called down at like, it was after nine. Jimmy, it's too late to call after nine. The kids are in bed. You were like, thanks for giving me life, but fuck off. But I only saw my mom today. Now I was in the house. Now he was on his way out with the dog. He was going to the shop. That old chestnut. But yeah, Small yeah. dogs are just the best thing that happened. Men of a certain generation. My dad loves Gives them an dog. excuse to be out all day, all night, just uh. seeing what's going on, who's entering houses, who's exiting houses. Mm. He'd be nosy. Like, he would be a nosy fucker, all right, yeah. But um, he dad deliberate dog. Dad deliberately cut his hedge just to see, keep tabs on oh, his really? passing. Yeah, my dad likes a bit of gossip, but uh, he loves that fucking dog. And the dog loves him. The dog is besotted with, like, the two of them. It's it's a real love story. But he thinks, now, this is not, I'm not messing at all. He thinks that the dog can talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I told you that, like, the dog makes it. But in fairness, the dog makes this noise. So my dog's, Twiggy is her mom, and our dog, Stan, is her brother. Okay, very Jeremy Kyle. Jenny yeah, Jones. so it's yeah. all, you know, it's all the same family. None of my dogs do this, but she sits there 
and go. I think dogs do kind of speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my dogs don't do that. And everyone thinks she's a rescue dog because she's fucking spooked all the time. But she's what all the time? Spooked. Okay. Go to pet her and yeah, she's like, yeah, fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told, I told you about my man giving the dog the sausages. Oh, I think we did discuss this yeah, on another yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, she was feeding the dog boiled sausages. So she didn't fry the sausages because obviously she wants to think the dog's health. She was giving it boiled sausages, like if it didn't shit on a rug, like for everything. And then the vet was like, yeah, the dog's fucking overweight. Like the dog was getting through I a love six packs of sausages. Irish a day. families never see it coming when you <laughs> when you actually have to get the veterinarian nurse to help you lift your Yorkie Terry onto the table. And then the vet says they're a little bit overweight and you're like, what? See, my, like feeding is love. That's just neither my mom or my dad do. are like overweight. They're, they're very svelte. They're not drinkers, you see. Yeah. But the portions that my mom gave me at dinner, like I only realized when I moved out, like I remember when I moved in with Shane first and He's not a big, he's more of a like a grazer. He wouldn't eat like massive meals. But I was like making these dinners. And I mean, I was giving him massive dinners. And he was like, who the fuck is this for? And I was like, that's for you. And he'd hardly be able to make a dent in it. Just these massive portions. Yeah, and yeah, then I was yeah. like, what am I doing? Yeah. I need to stop. And then I like, I cut down my portions. And well, you, of course, you do. I lost about a fucking stone, I'd say. You do the Liz Hurley, um, the Liz Hurley trick of smaller plates. Smaller plates, baby. She was always like, eat off a side plate. Yeah, that's what I do. Is that, do you use a side plate as well? I show you the size of the dinner plate. Do it. Come on, because we're in the kitchen. Yeah. I'll see you now what you think. Cooking in the kitchen. That's the sound of the dishwasher opening real life. Yeah, that's that is a grand size, a medium sized plate. Yeah, so that's the size of my dinner. Uh quick shout out to Copperberg, our lovely sponsors. Hello, Copperberg, how are you? Keeping us liquidated over the weekend. And they are going to Give us an old dig out for our yes, live we're show. We're getting a hamper for our live show, which is happening on 11th of September. Mm. And there's going to be a bit of an old drink special on the night as well, isn't there? Yes, we're going to have a lovely. drink special as well, which is we're super excited about. So that's Whelan's at uh, our Simpsons Live. Still a couple of tickets available on Eventbrite if you want to check that out. And thank you so much to Copperberg for being absolutely deadly and doing a little something, something for that because it's just adds to the whole buzz of it. It does, yeah. Courtney Love. Okay, let's get chatting about her. So, Courtney, uh, and don't forget you can support us on Patreon oh, yes. and be a patron of the show. That means a lot to us. Thank you so much. And you get shout outs and a birthday card. And and anyone who is a patron, actually, to message us to tell us your tell birthday. us your birthday. Yeah, because a few people haven't, yeah. and we and need to know the birthdays to my, sort out. Uh, brothers Stephen and Simon, please pull your fingers out and become a patron do it and your wives yeah absolutely yeah that'll be 20 euro (laughs) (laughs) think of what we could do with 20 euro Emma 
Corn, you know, born on July 9th, 1964 in California. So she was a major rocker, but she had this kind of alternative. So sorry, what age is she? Childhood. Let's do the maths. We love a bit of maths. What what year was she born? 64. 55. She's 55. Amazing. Can you believe she's 55? Mm. She kind of had a bit of an alternative childhood. So I remembered this about she spent time in a reform school. She was always a bit of a wild child. Okay. Her parents split up when she was quite young yeah. and she became a stripper at 16, which I think we'd agree is not ideal. Mm. Not ideal. Um, She had spent a bit of time like her mom and dad split up when she was younger. And I remember years ago watching a documentary a lot of people would have watched it back in the day, mm. but her dad featured on it. And I remember it was, I found it quite sad because she at one point went, wasn't getting on with her mom. So she went to live with her dad. Right. And I remember the dad saying he had all these dogs, right. like crazy, like rabbit dogs. Like, okay. you know, beware of the dog, not like twiggy dogs, like, yeah, pro- yeah. you know, proper scary beasts. And I remember him saying you know she didn't like the dogs and I said well you know you either like the dogs or you don't live here and she was gone and just seemed really like kind of dismissive of the whole thing she was like he was like yeah she didn't like the dogs so obviously you know it was never never gonna work the relationship was never gonna work um so she was Californian uh obviously uh had as I said like grew up in a commune etc her parents Hank Harrison was an associate of the Grateful Dead and Linda Carroll was a therapist who was her mom and they divorced when she was really small when she was five and then she moved around an awful lot went spent a lot of time in Oregon uh, which was where she was uh, uh, I suppose kind of primarily based for a lot of time she tried a few at college a few times and then she went traveling She went to Japan. Uh, She went to Liverpool. And she also went, I remembered this by Courtney, because having gone there myself, she went to Trinity for a while. Okay. Went to Trinity for a while. Like, she was super smart, always, you know. Um, Went to Liverpool, as I said, and she met a lad named Julian Cope there and moved in with him. Uh, Didn't work out. And then she was kind of funding the travels with money from her granny and also doing a bit of stripping and didn't last uh, the relationship with Julian. So she went back to America and she hooked up with a friend of hers who she'd met in Aragon and they formed this. So she was really into punk, obviously, by the way, taking it back. This is all happening kind of late 80s, early 90s and especially that kind of northwestern coast of America was like, it's kind of known for being, I suppose, the, the home of grunge and all that kind of crack. So she was very much into the punk music scene. They formed this band, uh, Sugar Baby Doll, um, and they were all obviously, you know, into that for a while, into the fashion, baby doll dresses, heavy makeup, all that kind of crack. And then they split up and she while they split up, she tried a bit of acting. And she caught the attention of film director director Alex Cox in 1986, who cast her in a small role in Sid and Nancy. 
so kind of appropriate given of course the fact that like it's obviously about um you know nancy Spongeon and sid vicious and so she did a small part in that the film wasn't a success but it did get her another uh, film role in straight to hell another flop uh straight straight to video now then she formed a hole so hole was really where it could all happened uh for Courtney they went she went to LA and she had met her future husband Kurt Cobain briefly Mm. so uh they met so they they after they met the second time they started dating and they got married two months after they started dating so yeah so the whole thing was that uh they were very much kind of, I suppose, depicted as like a 90s version of Sid and Nancy. But um, it was the Vanity Fair article. Do you remember that one? That was the one that really, I suppose, saw them coming in for a lot of criticism. Because with that article, uh, the journalist in question, so she basically met them and she was quite disturbed by their dynamic. And she right. said, she was like, it was obvious they were both going to be big stars, but I didn't want to be a part of it. And Courtney was painted in really bad light. So she was very much depicted as the one kind of pushing everything and really trying to like sell the brand of like Mr. Okay. and Mrs. Kurt Cobain. So the journalist, actually, it's interesting because she's like not one bit usually maybe I suppose like more so recently, but people might be, you know, maybe kind of hold their cards a bit close to their chest, but it was completely yeah. obvious from the interview that she didn't like Courtney at all. Right. Um, so, uh, she, so she, basically in the interview, the thing that really kind of saw them coming in for huge criticism was the fact that uh, they had had their baby. Do you remember the name of the, the child, their only child? I was only looking at her there online the other day and I'm drawing Francis Bean. So you'd had Francis Bean in 92 and uh, she had, Courtney and made a joke saying that they were, she was talking at their wedding and she said, oh, like, you know, basically it was just this whirlwind. So she was trying to pay, paint their relationship as like this whirlwind romance. Yeah. And, oh, you know, like we were kind of, you know, dating and uh, within a couple of months, like I was pregnant and... Then, you know, uh, we decided to get married in Honolulu on Hawaii Mm. in 92. And uh, she was saying that, like, after the wedding, that Kurt actually went into, like, a big, I suppose, funk, like a bit of a depression. And uh, obviously Nirvana were just getting more and more popular because Nevermind was just killing it across the world. And she was like, oh, yeah, like we were doing a lot of drugs at the time. And she said that, like, you know, basically when uh, that they uh, had gotten pregnant, that she was doing heroin at the time. Yeah. So that was the thing that really, I suppose, saw them very much vilified and actually social services got involved Okay. and she was talking about the fact that they went off in these binges and she even talked about like say um oh you know like we were just doing a lot of drugs and like this night that like you know we got pills we went down to alphabet city kurt wore a hat i wore a hat we copped some dope we got high we went to snl after that i did heroin for a few months so the journalist was just completely shocked by the openness with which she was talking about this 
and um the so France has been actually got taken away from them for a while but then they return like the child to them or whatever but uh obviously you know even after Kurt's passing there was still a lot of issues with Courtney and her drug use so the child actually kind of off and on went to live with her granny a couple of times um, right. And when the last time when she was 17 and she wasn't getting on with Courtney, her mom, and uh, she went to live with the granny uh, until she was emancipated, obviously, at, you know, at, at 18. Yeah. But um, they did try to get clean uh, before they birthed their daughter. So March 1992, before the daughter was born, uh, they went into separate detox programs and uh although they like obviously neither worked and uh in the vanity fair as well like they there were different friends saying that love that like courtney continued to do heroin while she was pregnant Mm. so francis bean was born in august and uh a lot of people thought at the time that kurt because he wasn't really into this whole fame thing that he might like quit the band and just focus on fatherhood but he never actually did that um and then like in a lot of like video footage and stuff like say Courtney's there with the baby mm. and like Kurt is like completely out of it so like there's one clip and Courtney's saying um and I suppose one of the things that like say the likes of Dave Grohl and stuff and the Foo Fighters like they don't have no time for Courtney they kind of felt that she was trying to construct a narrative even then because like even in these clips she would you know say look you know I don't want your daughter to see you be- see you behaving like this on drugs and you know Kurt's screaming I'm not on drugs and this goes on and on like and he's like I'm just tired etc but like I'd be kind of on two minds about it because I can see how because she's quite like naturally quite like a forthright character yeah. that she would get vilified and kind of made out to be the bad guy in the whole thing like it's generally accepted now that Courtney was the one that introduced him obviously like nobody's gonna know for sure but the few places that I did read up on them people were saying that she was the one that introduced introduced him to heroin right okay so maybe that's one of the things that like the buddies kind of like hold against her but I think it's generally unfair to make her out to be this like Yoko Ono kind of like destroy the band kind of thing um and you know then obviously uh kurt was still struggling and he had attempted suicide etc um and like you know even when like say courtney had this like kind of thing where she was saying that like she told the tv guide actually which is a bit of a random one that she nearly had an affair um and she told kurt about this on the phone that she nearly had an affair and that he had tried to kill himself that night and, you know, so like Fuck. just all very heavy. Um, and then, of course, the fact that he wasn't comfortable with the whole like celebrity thing, etc. Mm. Like, I think just saw him like get more of a more isolated. And of course, he killed himself then on April 5th, 1994. Um, and he was 27. So she wasn't. Uh, around at the time she actually got onto a private investigator because he wasn't answering her calls so he got she got a private investigator uh to try to like track him down and it was actually a workman calling to the house that actually found him right okay and then i suppose in the immediate aftermath 
uh obviously like there was an outpouring of grief and all the rest but she was I suppose at the time people kind of praised her for the fact that she read out do you remember she read out some of the letter at the funeral yeah 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 um and like the letter it's actually very distressing like to hear her on it because you can hear her anger and like she interrupts you know she'll read a line and it's something on the lines of I just don't want to be a rock star and I feel like you I owe you guys so much more and She'll say, "Well, why don't you just not be a fucking rock star then, Kurt?" You know, she didn't read. She didn't read out all the letter. Yeah, but she did read out parts of it, and obviously, then you know, in terms of uh, her own musical work. So the suicide, his suicide came just before her first. Like I was mad about Hole. Were you into them? No, and I see. I wasn't into her because, for me. The fact that she kind of would have been on her when, when she was pregnant and all that kind of stuff. That would have been like just... The deal much. breaker. Yeah, it would have been a deal breaker for yeah. me. And you see, I think as well, this sounds so superficial, but I think this is one of the reasons why a lot of people, like say obviously the media were trying to paint her as whatever and you know... She looked like she was on drugs mm. and people are very, people are very hard on people who are doing drugs that look like they're on drugs. Do you mm. ever notice that? Mm. If they don't look like they're like on poor drugs. poor old Amy couldn't put, you know, a yeah. front on it. But, yeah. it was, but I suppose it's because you're look, that far in. Yeah, but some people I think just like look at fucking Bob Geldof's daughter, Peaches. Mm. Like she was in the depths of a heroin addiction and she had two young kids and whatever but she didn't look like she had mm. an addiction she I looked like mean. she was perfectly healthy yeah so there is a bit more i just felt like that now obviously she died and i mean it's completely tragic she was so young two young kids it's just what a fucking waste but i feel like if people are involved in drugs and they don't look like they're on drugs, people have a lot more sympathy. I think when, like, Pete, what's his face? Doherty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him and Kate were doing drugs together, mm. but Kate didn't look like she was on drugs. So people were like, oh, Pete's like, what is he doing to our poor, beautiful Kate? Mm. Sure, Kate been around the block. That's very true. We were saying that last she was week. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she looked like she was on drugs. He did, yeah. yeah. No, but Courtney did. Courtney did, did yeah. yeah. And I think, so you see, after, yeah, you're spot like she on. Like, lo- she looked unhealthy. I don't mean she that never somebody, looked, yeah. I'm not talking about, like, slurry or, you know, their eyes are popping out their skull or whatever. I mean, unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are like, oh. Yeah. And, well, you see, because she was so polarizing during mm. the 90s. Like, and sliding and diving, Neil did send us the clip of... Um, you know the interview with Madonna when she throws her makeup bag up to interview the the guy from MTV's interview oh, Madonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, Courtney's looking for attention," and then you know uh, the the interviewer is like, "Will we bring her up?" And she's like, "No, please don't," Madonna says, but she comes up and sure she's just like slagging people left right and center she's like oh you know saying to madonna like you talk shit about me or something to that effect and yeah, yeah. it's all very uncomfortable because yeah. she's clearly like 
completely erratic in that moment. Or you know that clip of her when somebody asks her on a red carpet, they're like, uh, any advice for, you know, people starting out who want to be a star or whatever. And she's like, yeah, don't go to a hotel room with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and this was obviously before that all came out and that like people at home like me and you would have had any idea about. But you see, there was always something I have to say, I always really liked Courtney. There was, I think, because she's just so super smart. I think as I got older, I kind of uh, wasn't as black and white about people. You know what I mean? So I did actually kind of start to like her then but it was mm. just in the early days and I was like I was like oh, you're doing hair when you're pregnant and then you're doing hair when when you have a little kid I like no but then yeah. as you get older you kind of understand that it's not well it's not straightforward simp- yeah, it's yeah. Not as simplistic as that so she had released the album with how live through this which I absolutely was obsessed with uh lived through this in 1994 and uh Kurt of course had just committed suicide just yeah. previous to this and then and I had actually forgotten this until I read it today but then her bassist actually overdosed on heroin and died two months mm-hmm. later so it was just a lot um, she did uh, have uh, a very well a couple of a couple of film roles. The most notable one, which I'm sure you'd remember. Do you remember she was the wife of Larry Flint? Yes, yeah. in the People versus Larry Flint with uh, Woody Harrelson, and she was absolutely deadly yeah. in that. And that was '96, and she got a Golden Globe nomination, which um, obviously it goes without saying. But she would have said in interviews it made her feel like accepted because I think the thing with Courtney she was always kind of maybe for all her tough talk was trying very hard to be kind of like even in that moment with Madonna you can tell she actually just really wants Madonna to like her I know yeah you know there is a bit of that yeah and then of course uh in terms of Nirvana uh so she uh, so she and Dave Grohl and Co. obviously uh, controlled all Nirvana-related releases, etc. And they never got on. Like, they were quite open about that, that they just did not get on. And by 2001, they had to terminate the company. So, you know, even in relatively recent times, someone wore a Kurt Cobain t-shirt to a whole concert and Courtney like lost it and was like, you know what? Why don't you wear that to fucking Foo Fighters concert? Okay. See what Dave Grohl has to say about that. And I think, you know, I think she's on relatively good terms with the daughter, even though they didn't seem to have, um, like Frances being now the daughter is very, you know, she's, you know, very kind of erudite and like she, she's very well spoken and seems to speak in a very kind of rational uh, together way about her childhood and she talks yeah. about the fact that like you know she got a lot of stability from her grandparents and she really gets on with her mom etc but like I would say living with Courtney on a day-to-day basis is probably tough work yeah I'd imagine it wouldn't be advisable like for aside from health. like obviously her penchant for the old plastic surgery which she has just wrecked her face with um, so you know, mad into the co- cosmetic surgery, all that kind of crack. Why do like this is what I don't understand? Like, why do they keep 
letting this what I don't understand like if you went somewhere would they not say to you no you just need to like give that a few months now and just chill out and then come back to me like she's obviously not going to cheapo places why are they still I know just greed I suppose doing stuff to her face I don't understand and she then went on 1998 they released the another album whole uh which was uh it was their third album celebrity skin which was another great one and uh that was in i suppose collaboration with billy corrigan do you remember the band yeah. billy corrigan was in smashing smashing pumpkins. pumpkins and then of course they went on tours they went on tour do you remember with marilyn manson and she had a big falling out with Marilyn Manson um, oh, because yeah. she like Marilyn Manson was like pure rock and roll, like very raw. And she was bringing along her personal chef and her yoga teacher, etc. And he was like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not rock and roll. So they just didn't see eye to eye at all. And they went on a bit of a tour and then uh, Marilyn Manson uh claimed to have well I, I shouldn't say claimed but he did have some ankle injury so then they were like you know what we're just gonna like stop this now because I'm not happy paying 50% of these huge stage costs because you know Marilyn Manson was always into the big show yeah, yeah so it yeah. just wasn't it just didn't work out at all so that was another uh, person that she fell she kind of fell out with and obviously it goes with saying like throughout the noughties like was still battling addiction February 2003 she got arrested in Heathrow Airport um for being like drunk and abusive on a plane uh was arrested in October the same year because she was breaking into her boyfriend's house um you know like the the, the usual stuff a lot of um, energy being used up here isn't it yeah so she's kind of been in and out of like rehab facilities etc and uh as i said when her daughter was 17 she went to live with a granny and all that kind of crack and she did uh release an album uh in 2013 died blonde which kind of went nowhere and claims to have been working on an autobiography for absolutely ages which i don't think is out yet i might stand corrected on that uh but i don't think she ever released it but she has been saying she she's you know, been working on the autobiography for a long time. I think Courtney, like, she still seems, you know, maybe she wasn't the perfect girlfriend wife, but, like, who is, really? And I think what I would say is she comes across as still quite a lonely person. And I would say say is... I know, like, in the Vanity Fair article, etc., like, they did comment on the fact that it seemed to really come across that she was really reveling being, like, Mrs. Cobain and all that. But I'm sure she's still very much haunted by like the loss of him and very much still still affected by it she still calls herself Courtney Love uh Cobain yeah well I mean in every interview she's still not that I'm saying you wouldn't you'd reach a point and you wouldn't talk Mm. about it but it's still very much the focus the interviews is her relationship with Kurt and yeah 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 you know it's still to the forefront of the conversations yeah I mean, I don't know. What does the future hold for Courtney? Well, she's 55 now. I mean, I suppose the problem with Courtney as against Madonna, 
or they're starting you know, to morph into the same people. person well, face -wise. with that pillowy face yes um they both have the same pillow face but it is just that pillowy face i just think it's all rotten but i think that those artists have more of a body of work that they can stand behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, unfortunately, Courtney is still very much defined by who her I husband know. was, which isn't ideal. It's not her fault. And then with Live Through This, you know, a lot of people at the time, and Dave Grohl would have said, like, in interviews and stuff at the time, that, like, with the whole first album, like, that Kurt had a massive part to play in that album. I mean, that album okay. was fantastic. Right, yeah, okay. Um, and they kind of did say, look, he did help her an awful lot with that. Like, I suppose what people would kind of maybe say about Courtney was that she did very well out of the relationship. And, you know, like you and Fred, bit like me and Fred, <laughs> you know, I mean, who could begrudge her that? Well, but I don't know. I just remember I just remember at the time people saying stuff like, oh, you know, it was someone at the time who was kind of just around like a personal assistant or someone and him saying, and it always stuck with me that like, it was almost like she was goading him to kill himself. Like she was always saying, well, why don't you just kill yourself then? That kind of right, thing. Okay. And I think there was a lot of talk at the time that there was maybe some of that harsh conversation going on mm. preceding the suicide. But at the end of the day, I, you know, would like to think that she was absolutely mad about him and yeah, he was, was clearly devastated. He was a pretty dark kind of person, let's be fair. He was dark. She was on heroin. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, it wasn't going to be someone coming coming in with a cup of tea saying, are you okay? Do you need to talk to someone? Yeah. Like, because they just, the two of them were completely fucked but at least the daughter seems to come across she comes across anyway as a very well-rounded young yeah. lady and but i mean um she's still an intriguing person oh, even though intriguing. you know like didn't louis theroux do a it wasn't he kind of followed her you know the way when he was doing that at one point with celebrities and stuff um, that is ringing a bell, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to actually go back and watch now, and I will go back. And, and watch she's it. well, she's a great interviewee. So there were there's a few interviews she's done recently. She did a great one in the Times a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, uh, the Sunday Times. It was just like she's very much. I think because she's so lonely. Like you mm. know, if she's doing an interview. Like you're in the bedroom with her. She's putting on her makeup. Like you're practically going for a piss with her. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's no boundaries whatsoever. Well, I do appreciate her honesty. Like you know. Know, she does just say whatever the fuck she wants to say and i know like she has fallen out with a lot of people but you know well you will though if you're that honest yeah do you know what yeah, i mean it's just hashtag no filter but i just wouldn't necessarily take her falling out with people as you know equating with she drove this man to suicide would you want to hang out with her I, well, what I mean, we to find hang out, I wouldn't necessarily want to do a three-day festival with her. <laughs> I wouldn't do that way, but I'd meet her for a coffee. Yeah, I'd do lunch with her, I think. Yeah. I would do lunch. I would, it, I tell you what I would do, Emma, I'd do an you, afternoon date. Yeah, but you know that she just couldn't order straight off the menu. 
oh no it would be a lot of okay let me see let me see okay could you could yeah, I yeah. take this but could I also have this and could we kind of combine the two like it would be a lot of that oh 100%. a lot of personal pizzas but this place doesn't do pizza Courtney could you just like do a pizza though um there will be a bit of that but I do love her and even in prep for this uh podcast I did go back and listen to a lot of whole and they were just deadly back in the day I really did enjoy them yeah it was the soundtrack to a lot of my angst she was she was kind of like you know it was danger danger high voltage yeah. yeah there was that was around her and just even like sexually speaking like i can remember kurt cobain she was saying always that falling like out of dresses though yeah 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 spilling out couldn't, of stuff couldn't get a handle on the boobs i can and i remember at a gig and kurt cobain it's a great one he's like Courtney Love is the fu- he was still had another girlfriend so when they first started seeing each other he was actually still like with oh, his okay. previous girlfriend yeah, yeah. but he was like I just want to say Courtney Love is the best fucking lay and I remember thinking I'd love if a guy said that about me because it was the 90s and we hated ourselves I'm afraid not say that about you on stage now no he is we were talking about um, mad sex outfits you could do in the bedroom and now that I've given up the teaching he was like a nurse one like just for shits and giggles we're okay. throwing them out there yeah yeah so he's very much into the public sector mm. sexy outfits so the next one's gonna be I was saying to him I'm going to dress as like a civil servant and I'm going to do nothing on a Monday yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. after lunchtime on a Wednesday because it's practically the weekend then. So he's got and a window say, of yeah, a yeah. Tuesday, say, Wednesday I morning. I stayed here till quarter past five on Friday. I'm yeah, yeah, that yeah, down. yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is Courtney Love. Fascinating character. Like it's sad really that herself and the Foo Fighters Co. and Co. can't work it out, but... I get it at the same time. I do get it. Yeah. And it's nice that I do think the grandparents, um, like Kurt's family in particular, seemed to really kind of give Francis Bean a very stable background. Like, you know, now I know it's not comparing like with like, but when you compare her maybe to the likes of Paris Jackson and co. Mm. And like, I don't know, do they have any similar stability in their childhoods? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. Blanket, how's he getting on? Sure, Blanket's probably like in his early 20s now. <laughs> He'd be near, uh, he must be, uh, he must be 18 or something. I mean, what? Like, what the fuck? Blanket, Baby. get in touch. Hanging out the hotel. Fuck I me. know. Well, come here. Actually, do you know what I saw there the other day? Um, it was Gogglebox, right? And it was obviously an old one, but they were talking about when Madonna went on the Eurovision. And I kind of half watched it at the time. It was just like, you know, she came out in the fucking club, and I was like, oh, what a load of bollocks, whatever I went and did. But they obviously played it, you know, played a few clips of it so bad. So flash. Down at the Eurovision. Life is it pulled a fucking Jerry on it, like oh awful, really bad. Very lift me up. Yeah, very <sighs> lift me up. 
Lift me up. Lift me up. Like, surely that line would demand a high note. Like, just the content. (laughs) You're talking about lifting me up. But I don't understand, like, Madonna not have an earpiece in her ear. It's like a helper. She's too busy concentrating and not falling again. Yeah, yeah, it did look a bit. She needed a center stair lift. She was really thinking about those steps. Yeah, they should have gotten a stair lift. And she did say that that's when you know you're too old. Like when she fell that time, nobody laughed. Everyone's like, (gasps) oh my God, is she okay? I know. Christ. But no, I was out when she had the two flags. So it's like, let's forget... What's oh, happening Jesus. out in Gaza? I, I cringe. Let's just get a flag and we can take that box. I cringe when, and I often sing it to myself, and then I just make myself cringe. <laughs> hey, Brittany. I just go, oh, my God. I know. Come over here. I got something to show you. It's just so bad, isn't it? I just, and we've said lady. it before, but like Christina <laughs> Aguilera, that's who I felt sorry for. Dirty. No, with the oh, whole with Madonna kiss. kiss. So I she was all yeah, about yeah, the yeah. hey Britney. <laughs> and then Christina's like <laughs> It's so fucking bad. I think that song actually Come gave here, Christina the inspiration <laughs> to sing Sexy lady. I am beautiful <laughs> no matter what they say. Well, Christina is is rising above it all and she's Fucking still deadly and still has Who the voice. Who would you prefer to hang out with, Madonna or Courtney Love? Ooh, tough one. That is a tough one, isn't it? I'd say Courtney. You see, this is Lucy. my point about Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Do you know give you some fucking juicy stories? I'd like to be on a train to Mallow with Courtney. Yeah, yeah. She'd yeah. bring her little boom box. Not give a fuck about, <laughs> and you know there'd be no whispering. She'd be like, "Let me tell you about fucking Dave Grohl." Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like there'd be just a lot of that. And she'd start kind of showing you her tattoos and stuff. Like, oh, oh, the trousers yeah. are coming down. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Where's Madonna? Be such a closed book. I think Madonna would just talk, and I'm sure Courtney would as well. But I just feel like Madonna would just talk incessantly about Madonna if and it wouldn't even be interesting to it would we, just be stats yeah. and we might actually go out on the Madonna and Courtney interview yes it's great Let's and Madonna that. gets a nice dig in about drugs come over here I got something to show you um but yeah. lady <laughs> it's just so awful how's Britney getting on Still very dead behind the eyes. Oh, it's, heavily medicated. And the boyfriend, and there's still the twirling and the fashion fashion show. She's gone. She's never coming back. It's completely gone. It's. Do you know what? I just feel. Yeah. It's. It's oh. all a bit. And is the dad still controlling her finances? That's my issue because any guy, and I know I did say it before, but any guy who goes mad, no, their dads don't take over the reins financially yeah. speaking oh i don't know sorry i just i started laughing they're not britney because i mean i always have love for britney but i just start laughing at you remember that one she did fucking madonna with uh, uh fucking ali g music makes the people what i do new, new, new. What I do respect about madonna hey, is Mr. dj put a record on <laughs> She will bandwagon the shit out of it. She doesn't care. 
whoever is big in that moment like I'd say honestly if Kim Jong-un went to number one in the billboard charts she'd be bopping with him music makes the people escape slavery (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, fuck's sake how old are all the kids now who fucking knows Rocco's in his 20s is he Lourdes, I think, has been she off doing her own the, thing for a while. Sex. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a book, and you know, it's gonna be called, it's gonna be called Geese. We're gonna do a gee book, and I'm gonna be controversial. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, we'd probably, I mean, sex in the current climate is probably like just a regular coffee table book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to, we need to kind of look. I am Slagner and whatever. Hey, I think you know what a great Irish. We've got to do something controversial. I think what we should do would be an Irish take on sex, strokeies, but we should call it downstairs. Yeah, brackets down there. The downstairs business. Yeah, what could we do that would be controversial? Talking about saying downstairs now. That's not going. That we need to. Who could we start calling out? <sighs> Who could we start bitching about? Yeah, but like really go big, like really. You'd have to go big because then Who it's a story. Who do we have dirt on? You don't need dirt on them. You just need to start fucking calling them out. But what do you mean calling them out? Uh, like if we start... Like, hey, Britney. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of like literal calling. Hey, Britney. Hey. Yeah. No, we need to pick somebody to just be like, do you know what? She's a load of shit. I'd be like, ooh. Who do we, who, I'm trying to think of the WhatsApp mad. audios. Who have we said recently? Who's coming for who's criticism? Well, I mean, I Helen Bonham. Keller, Nelson yeah, yeah. Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> they all got a good no, going no. to. Who do we think? Who's hot right now? It doesn't matter what we actually think about them. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. We want to go against the grain. Um... Like Love Island wise, I'm kind of no, that's dead. That's gone. It's finished. Too old. It is dead. Okay. I'm just trying to think of current media people. See, I think this is the problem. We don't know what's going on currently. We actually See, this, we're too we in the nineties. <laughs> we need to. This is going to take a couple of weeks. Listener, get in touch. If there's anyone you think we could start beef with to get a bit of controversy, i.e., to up our profiles. It's just because someone... we've tried to do it. We've tried to do it by the book with talent and writing and hard work. It's not fucking. It's not happening. I'm sick of it. People now. do like Ariana Grande, but she has had a tough couple of years with all the terrorist activity. Mm. And her ex. Don't know. Did die. Just trying to think of someone popular. It's re- I just can't think who's liked these days. It's just <laughs> such a it's I just know. so hard to know. Get actually, yeah. Get in touch with who you think is get, full of yeah, shit. Get in touch, and we will agree who is full of shit. Who everyone else seems to think is fucking deadly, and also get in touch of how not so much Julie, just me, of how I could improve my career. And but I'm not talking they, about status or fame. I'm purely just but talking maybe they about cash. Touch me as well. What's going on? You don't on? need it, Julie. Just. Back it up now. This is about me. This is my little moment. I'm up to 90. Okay. Don't ask for much. Just want listener. 
to give me some tips about my career. Not interested in fame, just want cash. Don't uh, ask for much. We're sitting in your kitchen. I live in Mead. I do the show notes. I, I do the social media. <laughs> I do the Patreon. I do the Eventbrite. But you do it so well. I mean, I don't ask for much from the listener. Okay, okay. I don't. Like you're just speaking to the ether. Well, yeah, we do, saying, we are, well now to be honest, we are asking them for five or a month, four year or a month. Yeah. But you're right, that's Can more for here, the podcast. I you're, show, talking yeah. about the, you're talking about just tips yeah. to make it to the top. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you're fairly media savvy. I suppose you do do everything for the podcast, don't you? Oh well, no. You bring you bring so much to the podcast. Really. I need someone to calm me down with the facts, because sure, otherwise we'd be here all night. I and I just want to apologise again about Fight Club. I delete it, but we need the numbers. I really don't. I must listen to it now. I think it's just you know when you reach a point, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up, Judy. When I listen to it, I'd say it could have been just the day you listened to it, was it? Were we doing two that day? No, that was the day that the road was closed. Do you remember? Oh, God, yeah. Wasn't that it? The train track. No, no, it wasn't. Did you see the photo? I did take a photo because I was like, there's no way Emma's going to believe me that the road was closed. But you scared me. <laughs> I'm scared. You have to take photographic evidence. Uh, okay, we're going to go out on the Madonna and Courtney Love video. Yeah. I've been Jeannie J. I've been Emma. Louise Doran. Oh, is that nugget. what we're doing now? Nugget of information there, yeah. Emma Louise Josepha. Okay, we're out of Doran. time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been Emma Dorn. Is that it? No, I thought you were going to do your sign off. Oh, of course. Sorry. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.